0: Uh
1: Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Advantage podcast. We've got the whole band back together again. Greg, Tom, and Derek are here with you to talk about many things, starting out with the Monday night clunker. Clunker. Call it what you want. Giants look terrible. Bad fantasy football. Not much happening. Tom, what was your impressions? Yesterday you said football's fine. Don't worry
0: about it. All's good. Still good? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, the Giants are a bad football team, and their best player is injured. We told, At least I told you not to start them, so hopefully you didn't start Beckham last night. they got a lot of problems. The Lions are a pretty good football team. Their defense is, is solid. Uh, you know, Stafford can play, so I wasn't too surprised by what we saw last night. Come on, last week, Vikings fans were already talking
1: about the Super Bowl. Now okay. Lions fans are talking about... Well, maybe not Super Bowl, but playoffs. Derek, is this a playoff team, or they just catch a bad team at a good time?
2: They they're definitely in the conversation for a playoff. They were playoff team last year. Um, starting off two and zero, that obviously helps. Now they haven't played any anybody yet so we'll see how they're going but th- if they get their defense playing like that i mean they again the giants offensive line was brutal um, but you know they got pressure on eli all, all night long five sacks i think eli doesn't obviously help himself out he's he just looks the whole giant giants yeah. just are bad right now so i mean i think we nailed that we, we called that game on. we yesterday we, we said it was going to be under and it's going to be kind of an ugly game and, and that's what it was i mean it was 27 points without the uh without the special team so it was yeah not a whole lot more to go on there i, I think that i think the Lions definitely are um in contention for plasma especially if uh, sam bradford doesn't get back for the vikings the lions are a better team than the vikings without uh, without sam bradford
1: all right let's talk a little bit about the lions because from a fantasy standpoint there really wasn't much there stafford was 15 of 21 he only had to throw 21 times because the giants were so bad 122 yards two tds okay stafford had an okay game but again they didn't depend on him. let's talk about the rushing game the Lions' leading rusher last year had under 400 yards. Abdullah last night had 86 rushes or 86 yards on 17 rushes, no TDs. Again, Matthew Stafford had three scrambles for 23 yards. He looked pretty mobile actually yesterday. Yeah. And then Theo Riddick, nine carries, 20 yards. They rushed for 138 yards, which is good for the Lions. They're averaging about 88 yards a game, but uh, you know, not much there. I like Abdullah. He showed some bursts, but can you win with him on your fantasy team as an RB two?
0: No, I don't think so. I, I don't have any shares of Abdullah. I love Theo Riddick, and Theo Riddick gets the Falcons this week, uh, the Falcons who bleed uh, production in the running uh, to running backs in the passing game. So I still think Riddick's their best running back. Abdullah's nice, but I don't trust him as an every-week fantasy guy. I certainly don't trust him from an NFL perspective. This is a team that... Typically, I think it's going to throw the ball to win. Last night they jumped out ahead and were able to play from the front, but I think most weeks they're going to have to use Stafford and that those weapons in the passing game to win. Hey, Derek, let's talk about those weapons then, because from a fantasy standpoint, they laid an
1: egg. Marvin Jones, one catch, 27 yards. He did get a touchdown, so you got 9.7 out of him. Golden Tate, four for 25, 6.5. You got Theo Riddick, like Tom said, three catches, 17 yards, nothing there. And then the hot one, Kenny Galladay, one reception, eight (laughs) yards, 1.8 out of him. So a lot of stinkers, and people did play those guys, right?
2: Yeah, they did. Um, I, I bet you a lot of people played Jones because they didn't play Beckham or something, some type of situation like that. Golden Tate's going to be fine again. Lions didn't have to do anything yesterday uh, offensively to win that game, so Golden, moving forward, Golden Tate is just fine again. I agree with Tom that Abdullah uh, is just. I, I feel like he's an in between the twenties back. I, I do not think he's their goal line back, which is obviously going to hurt touchdown production. I don't know that we know who the Lions goal line back is. My guess no. is it's they use Riddick down there, so I would essentially call Riddick their their goal line back at this point. Gallaud- is a you know he might be a nice player moving forward you can't start him on a regular basis even though he had that nice first game of two touchdowns it's just he he's probably hit or miss at this point so again it's full systems go with riddick especially this week and uh golden tape moving forward
1: the one guy who was good fantasy gold yesterday was Eric Ebron. Five receptions, 42 yards, and a touchdown. So you're looking at 15.2 out of him. Let's talk about the Giants real quickly. Beckham, four catches, 36 yards, only five targets. That's insane that he only had five targets. They were obviously doubling them all night long, but still you got to force feed him the ball. The one thing I will say, Tom, about Beckham, he did move well. I mean, for a guy with a
0: high ankle sprain, he was moving pretty well, I thought. Yeah, but they didn't really do anything. They didn't, they didn't. There were no explosive cuts. It was all shallow crossing route stuff. They didn't send him deep on anything. I think they were clearly protecting the ankle, and that's understandable. He's not even halfway through the timetable for this thing. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not comfortable playing him right now, especially if they're not going to use him in a way that's going to result in big production. Everything they did was to lead toward a 5-for-50 kind of game. So if that's good for you, start him. If it's not, find another option. All right, Derek, let's talk about Paul Perkins.
1: Uh, seven carries, ten yards. I mean, there was no blocking. Plain and simple, he had no holes, but he can't get anywhere. And then two receptions for 12 yards, so you're looking at a 4.2 game out of Paul Perkins. I was actually high on him during the offseason. I got him in the ninth round in the league. I think I paid like $7 in an auction. I thought those were bargains. He's their number one running back. But you can't even play him anymore. Not in a flex, not in RB2. You can't play him anywhere right now.
2: No, I mean you can not own them if you want at this point. If you if you I mean you draft them, you probably got them somewhere. I don't know where you people got them. I mean seventh, eighth, ninth round, maybe who knows. But at this point, I mean the Giants need to do something about that offensive line. Until they get that figured out, no running back there is going to be worth their salt. So at this point, Perkins, I mean maybe you stash him and hope for you know hope for something happens later, second half of the year or something. At this point, if you need to drop Paul Perkins to to shore up your roster, it's go ahead.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, I looked at our five national champions. We have classic, not champions, I should say leaders after week two. got the classic, the primetime, the online championship, the cut line, the draft champions national championship. There's one player on all five teams. That would be? Kareem Hunt. Correct. (laughs) Kareem Hunt is on all five teams. You saw the tweet, damn it, didn't you?
2: No. I don't
1: follow you (laughs) you on Twitter. (laughs) Are you on Twitter? He's got 72.5 points, okay? The next running back is Ty Montgomery with 48.3. I mean, that's dominance. We knew the first week, of course, he had 40-some points, but he had another good week last week, over 28 points. So, very good, 72.5. Now, there's three running backs that have more points than any wide receiver. So is this the year of the running back? You got Hunt at 72.5, Montgomery 48.3, Todd Gurley at 48.2. The top wide receiver right now is Crabtree at 46.3. Tom, is it the year of the running back or just the way things have played out in the first two weeks?
0: Well, oh, it's just the way things have played out, but I mean, there are good running backs and none of these guys, again, before the first Thursday game were first round picks. So we haven't seen Le'Veon Bell get going. Elliot obviously was bamboozled in week two. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. You know, we haven't seen Shady McCoy get got shut down in week two, so he'll be fine. So I think you're going to see these. Uh, Not only these three guys, but you got the big-time running backs that are still yet to really get going. But we also haven't seen a lot of the big-time wide receivers get going. A.J. Green's been held in check. Julio Jones had a huge start to the game against the Packers, but then they backed off because they didn't need to throw a lot. So I'm not worried about this. I don't think it's a shifting of the guard. I think it's just that there are good running backs, but the big-time wide receivers, they're going to get theirs. Yeah, I agree with you, and Derek, let's
1: talk about the wide receivers, because here you have Crabtree at 46.3, well he had three touchdown receptions last week, Antonio Brown is second at 40.4, I mean, it's only 20 points a game, that's pretty low for wide receivers, JJ Nelson is actually third at 38.3, <laughs> Tyreek Hill at 35.7, and rounding out our top five of wide receiver, Jermaine Curse. yes, a Jet at 35.3, what do you think of that top five?
2: Uh, not what I would have called at the at the beginning of the year. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Tom, I think Tom hit it on the head. These these big wide receivers, AJ Green guys, they're gonna they're gonna start getting it going. Julio's not up there yet. I mean, we, uh, Mike Evans only had one game played so far. So I, 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 I these guys are gonna be just fine. Uh, Jermaine Kearse, uh, top five right now. Uh, I mean, what two, two games in? He's got two touchdowns. So I mean, that, that not a lot of wide receivers have two TDs at this point. That's why he's up there. He's obviously not gonna not gonna stay anywhere near that. Um, J.J. Nelson, though, I kind of like it. as as long as John Brown is out, J.J. Nelson's gonna be a very viable wide receiver again. I think Larry Fitzgerald is, is literally a glorified tight end at this point. And Palmer's as bad as Palmer's been, his arm still looks okay. The arm strength still looks like it's okay. And that's that's J.J. Nelson's kind of forte, getting down the field. And he can run some short routes as Brown does, but he can also he can also you know, get down the field and stretch it.
1: Well, talking about glorified tight ends, Tom, Jason Witten is a free agent in a league that you and I are in. It's a shallow league, 16 man uh, rosters, but he is still a free agent. He leads all tight ends with 44.6 points. There's only one wide receiver who has outscored Jason Witten at this point. Travis Kelsey is second at 33.7, so 11 points behind Jason Witten. The guy's been a stud, and yet people still are wondering if he can, you know, maintain what he's been doing. He's been doing good so far.
0: So I guess this means I'm not getting him in the serious host league because you're eyeballing him as your Greg Olson replacement. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're trying to say? Loose lip sync ships, I say <laughs> nothing. I
1: see nothing. Okay. All right. So that's No you're not getting
0: him in that one. I need him more than you do. Yeah, that's true. I've, I'm okay at tight end, but I was looking at him. But you're right. I mean, Jason Witten was really low-drafted. A lot, a lot of people were excited about him. I think you and I both touted him on the serious show as a tight end, two to target. He's been terrific. I mean, he had a great week one. He was fantastic in week two. Should have had two touchdown catches. I think Witten can still play. Now, he runs like an old guy. I mean, him and Antonio Gates aren't beating anybody in a 40-yard dash anytime soon, but Witten can still get open, and Dak will still throw to him. So, Jason Witten's back to being a legitimate number one tight end especially with about half a dozen tight ends you know dealing with injuries of some kind right now yeah that position
1: is really thin there's no way he's going to be available in any league after this week for sure Derek let's just talk real quickly the quarterbacks the top five just because it's crazy to mention this Alex Smith Trevor Simeon Carson Wentz Matthew Stafford and Derek Carr in the NFFC pretty crazy top five there
2: Yep, you wouldn't uh, pick probably any of those to to end top five, except with the exception of maybe Derek Carr, uh, if you think he has an outside chance to get in there. But uh, Tom's guy Carson Wentz moving forward is very intriguing. Again, there, there's no way they're going to be able to run the ball this year, so he's just going to keep airing it out. So I look for Carson Wentz to maybe actually somehow finish in the top five or, or darn close to so the rest of the guys. They'll they'll fade. The guys Brady Rodgers, Breeze, they're coming. So, uh, but let's let's. It's going to be interesting to see where Wentz ends up.
1: Yeah, okay, another guy now on national championship or national leaders after week two is Todd Gurley. He's on three of the five leaders at this point. Gurley's been uh, unbelievable. I mean, he looks really good. The Rams' offense looks good. Or, Tom, was it just the opponents that
0: they played to start out? No, he looks good. I mean, he looked fantastic in week two. He was running hard. He was running with authority. He was making yep. people miss. That's who Todd Gurley is, and they're using him in the passing game. Finally. I- I Jeff Fisher to do that for two years. He wouldn't do it. His touchdown catch on Sunday against Washington was a fantastic athletic play. Yep. So, yes, I think Todd Gurley is back. He was a great value, late second or even mid-third. So he looks good because when he's at his best, he's a legitimate top ten running back with top five upside. All right. let's talk real quickly The injuries,
1: not much to report today But from the Packers standpoint Sounds like Jordy's quad injury is not that serious He's 50-50 to play on Sunday I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers Rest him this week and get him ready They got the short week next week They play the Bears on Thursday So they go Bengals at home, Bears at home Be interesting to see what they do with Jordy coming off Uh, Cobb, he's also day-to-day They said, so it wasn't nothing serious They did an MRI yesterday He looks to be structurally okay But again, they're going to have two games in four days. It'll be interesting to see what they do with those two wide receivers. We'll watch that situation all week. Uh, Derek, what's up with Sam Bradford? Do you think he's going to play this Sunday? Big game. At home against Tampa Bay, right?
2: Yeah, huge game. Uh, playoff implications for sure uh, for the Vikings. Anyways, it, I don't know. It sounds Zimmer thinks he might play. I got. I mean, if it truly is a bone bruise, like which came out yesterday, um, I, I find it almost impossible for him to play. That's. I mean, a, a tough bone bruise got to be at least a three to four. Weak injury. I mean, Sam Bradford's proven that he's a he's a tough guy. I mean, he took a lot of hits last year, and you know, and kept coming out there. But at this point, uh, if you were planning on firing up Sam Bradford for this week in fantasy uh, for whatever reason, I think it's time to uh, find another option because I do not think he will
1: play. All right, sounds good. Uh, One other note don't forget, we've got another free roll on fanball.com. We're giving away a free entry to either a 2018 NFFC Classic or Primetime Team. Last week's winner was Derek Sefcik. He has never played in the NFFC before. He's a first-time fanball player as well. So this is a guy who played DFS for the first time. Now he's going to have a chance to maybe win $150,000 in the NFFC next year, all for free. So jump on in. It's a great contest. Technology is fantastic. Fanball.com. Check out our free roll at the NFFC. All right? So that sounds good. Tomorrow we're going to talk some more about the top players you're missing in the free agent pool. We're going to lead
0: you in the right direction. All right? Talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.